Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 8, titled Endgame. Man, bet you didn't know that Person of Interest took place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Turns out Person of Interest has been an Avengers movie this entire time, and you didn't know. (laughs) This week's number is freaking Tony Stark. Oh my god, would would the machine have been able to predict the snap? <laughs> would it have been able to predict Thanos wiping out half the universe? I think it might have. I think it might have been able to predict that. Oh my god, Finch one day gets like the social security numbers for half the planet <laughs> all at once. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, someone... Someone needs to write that fan fiction. Write the hell now. And please send it to me. Please tweet the fan fiction at me at TomTom4468 on Twitter once uh, once you write that. Because, oh boy, would I like to read that fan fiction. Oh boy, would I like to peruse that whole deal. Uh, but in all seriousness, this episode... Absolutely fantastic, and a brilliant start to what will be a, like, three-episode arc, essentially providing the climax for this HR storyline. We have been building to this moment, quite literally since the show started, quite literally since episode one. This has been two and a half seasons in the making. I remember when this was airing on CBS, it was a huge deal uh, in the personal interest world. This is the first act in one of the biggest stories person of interest has ever told. It is so utterly spectacular. And I'm very happy to spend the next three days talking about it. So... We go into this episode, and quite literally, Finch receives all the numbers. He receives, like, almost 40 numbers. And all of them correspond to HR cops. This isn't even counting the second wave of numbers he receives later on, where it's just, like, all the Russians. But he has, like, this giant mass of numbers and it's all spawning from this war that is brewing between HR and the Russian mob who up until this point have had a pretty solid alliance up until this point have had a really really solid pact 
But that's kind of on shaky ground now. There's been some fracturing in that partnership. Uh, A disagreement has come between those two... Between those two crime syndicates. And now they are starting to point their guns at each other. And... This all comes to a fever pitch when a shipment of drugs that was supposed to be that was supposed to be guarded by HR and was being transported by the Russians was completely uh, taken, was stolen, was completely 100% like raided and taken off the board. Now the question is, who did this? And then we get some flashback to just a couple days before, and we get the amazing story of how Carter is absolutely the one who did this. This is picking up right where the last episode left off of Now She Knows that Alonzo Quinn is the head of HR. And she has now kind of launched this scheme to take down all of HR, to put HR in enough of a in enough of a bad place that she can squeeze out enough information to arrest all of them. And so she's quite literally playing both sides against the middle. Just a little tap here, a little visit from Elias there, a little little mistrust over there, like, just... Slowly pushing on all the pressure points. Slowly hitting upon all the weak points of this HR-Russian mob partnership. Until eventually, she takes some weapons she borrowed from Shaw. And steals this truck. So Carter is, like, officially on the warpath. Carter is officially just done with this shit. And Reese and Finch are able to figure this out with the help of Shaw finally saying, Yeah, I kind of gave some weapons to Carter. Oops. Uh, They're able to figure this out. Fairly quickly. And now this becomes a search for Carter. To get Carter to... Not seek... Revenge in the way that she's doing. Like, revenge isn't the answer. And all of that. And I love this moment... Where Carter, like, out-John's John. Out-Reese's Reese. And it's like... While Reese is in her... In her house... She calls him up and is like, I see you're looking for me. I see you're in, you're in my house. And she's got like a spy camera set up and is like, 
uh, I can't let you interfere with what I'm doing and just being like badass super spy. Oh my god, it's it's so good. It's such a great moment. And then she takes out a sniper rifle and shoots inside Alonzo Quinn's office. Not to kill him, but to make it look like the Russians are trying to take out the head of HR. So now we are in for a flat out war. It is amazing. And you got HR like arresting all of these Russians, gathering them all together. The only one you left is Yogorov. Who was the recipient of this giant folder of HR uh, cops, like, names and faces and all that. That was given to him by Elias. By the way, I barely touched upon that scene with Elias. That was great. That was a really, really fantastic sequence. And I love everything about that. But we have this sequence where Carter arrests Yogorov and questions him mercilessly. And it's like, hey, I have all this evidence against not just HR, but also you. I have everything here. I have everything I need to convict a bunch of HR assholes. I just need your sworn statement. I need your signed confession that Alonzo Quinn had your men kill Cal Beecher and that you have been in, and that Alonzo Quinn is definitely the head of HR, and that you've been in cahoots with them, blah, 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 blah. And when he's like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna uh, be known as a rat, Carter's like, hey, um, your brother's still in Rikers. You know why he's still there and HR hasn't honored their promise to get him out of prison? Leverage. There is a crap ton of corrupt cops awaiting trial in the same cell block with him. You sign this, I can get him out of there, and I can keep him safe within hours. And this is enough for Yogorov to quite literally sign on the dotted line and give his sworn statement and all that. And so now Carter is searching for a warrant. Now... Of course, a lot of judges are in Quinn's pocket, just naturally. So Carter's been spending the past bajillion D days just vetting judge after judge after judge after judge after judge after judge after judge. After judge. And he's and she's narrowed it down to a few possibles. Uh, a few judges who are not as blatantly dirty as possible. So quite literally, this is down to luck. She is gonna pick between one of these several judges she has that aren't, like, apparently dirty, that don't seem dirty on the surface. And hopefully the one she gets is actually honest? But who knows? Uh, after all of this, like, it all comes down to blind luck. Also, we get this amazing, amazing scene where HR has literally set up a firing squad for these Russians. And then the FBI shows up and arrests all of them. And just arrests everyone because uh, Carter gave them a tip. 
it's a really awesome scene. And, like, we got, like, Reese and Shaw just ready to go in guns blazing and keep everyone from killing each other. And then the FBI shows up and it's just like, oh, well, okay. Everything's fine. Guess our work is done here. <laughs> Guess we don't, uh, we don't have to do much after all. Cool. Oh, there's also a really, really phenomenal moment between Carter and Fusco. Where Carter says, hey, I gotta give, uh, I I, I gotta get a warrant. Um, I gotta work on this. I gotta take down HR on my own. Uh, you're the only one on the force I can trust. Here's the keys to a safety deposit box. With all the evidence I collected, in case something happens, in case something goes wrong, you need to have access to that. And Fusco's like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you do this on your own, you're an insane woman. Uh, like, I'm coming with you. And then Carter immediately gives him the slip, like, nope, not happening, I'm doing this on my own. Now... It is at this moment that I gotta bring up the magnificent, magnificent flashback storyline of Carter in her early days as a cop and her involvement with her ex, her son's father. Apparently, uh, the father of her child has had a lot of issues. Has had a lot of issues in coming back from war, in having PTSD, in getting angry and volatile. Uh, He went through a huge stint where he just refused to get help, refused to go to the VA. And Carter's like, basically begging him, like, please, please get help. Please get help, please get help, please get help. Otherwise, I will not let you see my son. I will not let you have a relationship with him unless you get help. Because right now, you are incredibly unstable. Uh, And there's a really, really intense sequence where the father just decides, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna break into your home to see my son. And the two have a shouting match over this. And it's just so utterly heartbreaking to witness. But eventually, this dude, to his credit, takes Carter's advice and goes to the VA. And is able to get his shit together. And all of this is a prelude for us to have this great sequence where we find out where Carter hid her son from all this HR stuff. She hid her... She hid him with his father. And she calls the father and is like, hey, thank you for, I just want to say thank you for uh, being in his life and taking care of him and all that. And the father's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it should be. Like, and all that. And Carter has this really emotional moment where uh, the father turns it over to her son. And she has this incredible, incredible talk with her son 
uh, just before this final confrontation with HR. Uh, and it's really, really beautiful, brilliantly written. Taraja P. Henson, oh my god, Taraja P. Henson does an incredible job with this. It's a really, really phenomenal moment. And then we go into the judge's house, who she called earlier, and apparently this judge, not as clean as we would like, turns out this judge is super dirty, and this judge called Quinn, and HR was ready for her. So now you got HR with guns pointed at Carter, Quinn going on big bad guy monologues, and Carter's like, Oh, you know what? Just just shoot me yourself. Don't outsource me like you did your own godson. And Quinn's like, hey, uh, Cal became a problem. Uh, my only regret is that I didn't kill you too. That way neither of you would die alone. And then immediately Carter's like, hey, I just got you. See, here's the thing. I knew you were too dirty to take down clean. I knew that there was a chance that the judge I picked would have been in your pocket. So, I, at the last possible second, instituted a backup plan and called some friends who bugged your phone and just recorded you admitting to Cal's murder and admitting to being the head of HR. And we get this great moment. Reese uh, pounds in, rescues Carter. The two of them walk out with Quinn in tow. They escape HR. Uh, And what they are now planning on doing is taking Quinn to the FBI. Because the FBI at this point, NYPD, way too dirty at this point. Like, the only possible way we can fix this is to... Go to the FBI. We have to go over the NYPD's heads, essentially. And so, recent Carter get away. But not before one of the HR cops catches the man in the suit on camera. And Simmons brings up this image and is like, circulate this to everyone. Not just HR cops, but every single criminal in this entire city. The man in the suit dies tonight. And that's where it ends. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, so, that was part one of three. There are two more episodes in this glorious, glorious arc. I don't want to say anything. I do not want to say anything. Oh boy, does this get mind-blowing. Oh boy, does this uh, go to such an incredible place. Get the hell ready. It's gonna be good. Uh, If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. 
uh, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 9. Talk to you then.